0: This is local and regional news on KDNK. I'm Haddison Rensberry. Today on local and regional news, Roaring Fork School District is yet again in a staffing flux as Roaring Fork High School Principal Megan Bayardo recently announced her departure from the role, effective at the end of this school year. Only three years into the position, Bayardo states that her reasoning centers around finding a greater life balance. Quotes from district leadership in a press release praise her strength and encouragement of RFSD academic or community priorities. The position is posted for applicants and the hiring of her replacement will include opportunities to involve staff and community members. On a different note, the contract of Garfield RE2's superintendent, Heather Grumley, has been extended for one additional year. In a recent school board meeting, the 2024 school year mill levy rate was voted in. This year's mills are less than the last, sitting at 20.856. Garfield RE2 is expected to receive $28 million in local revenue. State lawmakers are considering a bill that would allow for more drug overdose reversal medications in schools. KUNC's Lucas Brady Woods reports it would also add protections for those who administer them.
1: Schools can already stock and distribute overdose reversal medications like naloxone, commonly known as Narcan. The new bill would allow students to carry them on campus, on school buses, and at school events. Lawmakers wrote the bill with high school students from Durango, who successfully pushed for a similar policy change in their district in 2023. Durango student Andre Craig testified in support of the bill. Craig lost his cousin to an accidental opioid overdose.
0: I beg that you pass this bill, so that we can
1: prevent tragedies like this in the future. We must learn from these tragedies and move forward. The bill would also provide immunity from civil or criminal charges for staff members who administer the medication, including bus drivers. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the State Capitol.
0: A press release on Tuesday announced that the city of Aspen's public works director will be retiring at the end of May. Scott Miller has worked for the city for 16 years and spent 10 as their public works director. Voters, including 74% of Republicans, 87% of Independents, and 96% of Democrats, would support candidates in elections who prioritize conservation on public lands, according to Colorado College's latest conservation in the West Poll. For KDNK, Eric Galatis has more.
1: Maite Arce with the Hispanic Access Foundation says the poll's spotlight on top concerns for Latino, Black, and Indigenous voters shows that clean water, clean air, wildlife, and public lands are not just environmental issues.
2: They're integral to their health, mental health, jobs, local economies. These elements also play a pivotal role in
1: preserving culture and heritage. Just 26 percent of voters surveyed want more public lands opened for fossil fuel extraction. A strong majority said issues such declining fish and wildlife populations, habitat loss, dwindling and polluted water supplies, microplastics, uncontrollable wildfires, air pollution, loss of pollinators and natural spaces were extremely or very serious problems. Republican pollster Lori Weigel of New Bridge Strategies says virtually all groups surveyed across eight Mountain West states, including Colorado, agree that spending more time outdoors would improve mental health, especially for kids.
2: One thing that struck me as is- a mom of a teenager was that moms were the highest group here. Three. Reporters said they felt like spending more time in the outdoors would help the mental health crisis we're seeing in kids.
1: Nearly 8 in 10 Latino voters said the impacts of climate change have been significant in their state over the past decade. 73% agree that clean energy production can be boosted while preserving natural areas. Arce says the poll confirms that Black, Indigenous, and Latino communities, which are disproportionately impacted by air and water pollution, are ready and eager to be heard.
2: And it's our collective responsibility to amplify their voices, champion justice, and ensure a future where everyone, regardless of their background, can enjoy the benefits of nature
1: equally. This is Eric Galatis reporting for KDNK.
0: The Bureau of Land Management has named Carbondale resident Chris Brandt as the BLM Colorado Volunteer of the Year. Brandt has spent over 15 years assisting with BLM lands, putting in much of that time volunteering to maintain the Red Hill trail system. Brandt won the award through his work on those local trails. In a press release, Red Hill Council refers to Chris as a key caretaker for the trails, and he logged over 150 hours last year. An additional aspect of the award is $4,000 earmarked for improvements to the very trail system that Chris Brandt has given his time, effort, and love. The team for Glenwood Springs' 27th Street project will be painting the stop bars and turn arrows on Highway 82 and 27th Street tomorrow. The team plans to start in the northbound lanes after 8 a.m. Competition for water on the Colorado River is intense. There's not enough to go around, so when a large volume is up for negotiation, it draws in some powerful players and big money. Alex Hager reports on one deal coming together right in our backyard.
3: Amy Moyer is standing under a busy highway, pinched in a dramatic snow-covered canyon. On one side, the rushing Colorado River churns with white water. On the other, a chain-link fence blocks off a building that looks like a warehouse, with electrical wires and big metal pipes coming out of it.
2: It is a nondescript brown building off of I-70 that most people don't notice when they're driving.
3: Moyer is with the Colorado River District.
2: But if you are in the water world... It holds the key for one of the most interesting and important water rights on the Colorado River.
3: This is the Shoshone Hydroelectric Facility. And even though it uses a lot of water, it returns every drop back to the Colorado River. And that means it's not just a hydropower plant.
2: It spins through the turbines and then goes back into the river to be used for habitat, to be used for recreation, to support cool, clean water for drinking water and uh, productive agriculture on the west slope.
3: Shoshone is a big reason why water keeps flowing to cities and farms along the river in Colorado. Moyers Group is a taxpayer-funded agency founded to protect western Colorado water. It's spending big bucks to buy the rights to the water and lease it right back to the power company, XL Energy all to make sure that water keeps flowing, even if the power plant goes offline.
2: It's so much more than, we're going to spend $100 million to do nothing. We're keeping uh, the native flows in the river for so many benefits on the west slope.
3: Moyers Group isn't just keeping water here, they're keeping it away from the people on the other side of the mountains. Fast growing cities and suburbs around Denver get their water supply piped over from the Colorado River. For decades, western Colorado has been anxious that their east side neighbors will snatch up the plant's water for themselves. So even with a $98.5 million price tag, buying Shoshone is a huge sigh of relief for the western slope. And the biggest beneficiary? Anything that results in more water in the river is good for fish. Further downstream in Grand Junction, Dale Ryden with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service looks out over a murky, meandering stretch of the Colorado River, home to endangered fish. It's a competition between people, between agriculture, between recreation, and between the natural world to all try to survive and coexist. By buying the Shoshone water right, the River District is trying to take some of the heat out of that competition. And it's already working. Tina Bergenzini runs the Grand Valley Water Users Association.
2: We can't have farming without taking care of those fish. They go hand in hand.
3: The Endangered Species Act says people who use water from the river are legally required to leave enough behind for fish. If they don't, they have to turn off their own sprinklers. So if the water from Shoshone keeps flowing where fish need it most, farmers and ranchers don't have to worry.
2: I think peace of mind is the number one most important thing. It's just peace of mind of knowing that we're going to be able to divert.
3: It's not every day that a big money Western water deal brings together fish lovers and farmers, not to mention about 20 other local governments and nonprofits that pledge their support and money for the Shoshone purchase. Lauren Riss is the state's top water official.
0: I don't expect that there's going to be um, entities or individuals that come out of the woodwork, you know, vocalizing any strong opposition to us moving forward in this way.
3: Access to water is a hotly debated topic around the region, and any kind of deal that gives a lot of people some decades-long security about who gets to use it, that's going to get a big base of support. Again, the River District's Amy Moyer.
2: I think now more than ever, there is a desire to look for long-term permanent solutions on the Colorado River, and this is one that exists for Colorado.
3: In a time of deep uncertainty about the river, this big money deal lets at least some water users put to bed decades of worry. In Glenwood Springs, Colorado, I'm Alex Hager.
0: That story is part of ongoing coverage of the Colorado River, produced by KUNC and supported by the Walton Family Foundation. This is KDNK News. More assets with some of our news stories and other information about our station can be found at kdnk.org.